Over the past few Sundays, we've been looking at rocks that can block the flow of the Holy Spirit in us and stop us from living out the naturally supernatural life. Today, we're looking at removing the rock of fear, so nothing too big. We're going to be reading from Luke 12, verses 29 to 32. And Jesus is teaching his disciples here. And he says, Do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Jesus knows that fear is something that we will face. He says, do not be afraid. God knows that we will have fears, that we will be afraid. It's why the phrase, do not fear, do not fear or a variation of it appears over 350 times in the Bible. It's normal to fear. It will look different for each one of us. There will be the people who seem to be fearless, ready to take on anything and who absolutely love a risk. And there are others who are a little bit more cautious, a little less likely to take a risk and a little more likely to worry about those who do. There will be things that we fear, but we can actually quickly and rationally move through them. And there will be others that will just stop us in our tracks. I know I have my own fair share of fears. And I remember being scared at a 4D show when I was a child. It was a take on the film Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the one where the dad is a scientist and he shrinks the kids um, somehow, who knows how. But the show was Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. The audience was meant to be tiny. The film was 3D and there were sensory effects added to the 4D element. I was not a fan. I was scared. I was scared of being scared of what might happen. And so I sat with my legs folded up on my chair so nothing could get at my feet. And I watched a very blurry show because my 3D glasses were tightly clumped in my hands. I was not willing to face my fear. I sat through the whole show. I watched it all. And as far as I remember, I think I actually enjoyed it. But I didn't really watch the show. I didn't fully experience the 4D experience. I missed out on most of what the show had to offer me. Fear stopped me from taking a risk. Fear limited my experience. Fear held me back. Fear in that moment distorted my view. Fear, of course, can be a good thing, but fear isn't always rational or needed or in proportion to the perceived danger. I actually had nothing to fear in the show. What fears do you face? How does fear hold you back from living the naturally supernatural life? We're going to look at this and how we can overcome our fear today. Because let's face it, we all experience fear at some point in our lives. Following Jesus, seeking the kingdom, living the through the Holy Spirit. It's an adventure, but it is risky. But the best adventures, they always are. They're going to be risky. God's ways are not our own. His plans are not our plans. He sees what is unseen to us. And he has a habit of asking us to do what we think is impossible. Just look at the Bible. It is full of God asking his followers to take risks. He told Moses to tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites go. He told Joshua to take the Israelites into the promised land and to take the land. 
He told Ananias to go to Saul, the very man who was persecuting and killing Christians, of which Ananias was one. He told Peter to go talk to the Gentiles, even though it was unlawful for him to associate with them. Life with Jesus is full of risk, but it will be the best life you will ever have. Jesus said it. He came to give us life and that we may have it to the full. It will push us and make us face fears head on, but we will also get to see all the things that are possible only with God. We will get to be used by God, see the transforming power of the name of Jesus and see the kingdom of God break into these areas that we could never even dream of. Jesus said, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things. But if we let it, fear will get in the way of all of that. Fear will hold us back from living the life God gives us in all of its fullness. Fear will keep us in our comfort zone. It will make us resistant from taking risks. Resistant to taking risks. Fear might stop us from praying for healing because we might be afraid that God won't heal the person. But we're never going to know if God heals that person or not unless we pray. Fear might make us worry about um, that we got the word from God wrong. But we're never going to know if it's wrong unless we share it. We might be scared about someone's reaction if we offer to pray. But if we don't offer to pray, we won't know what their reaction will be. We won't know how God wants to bring his kingdom if we never trust God, face our fear and obey him. Fear will stop us. It will distort our view of the kingdom and our view of God. There have been plenty of opportunities where fear got in the way for me and blurred my view of the kingdom. I didn't offer to pray for someone who complained about chronic knee pain, even though that day I had said that God heals. It was a while ago now, but I still think about it. I still wonder whether God would have healed her, what her reaction would have been. And just a few weeks ago, I chickened out of telling my friend what I thought God was saying to her. It was nice. It was encouraging. Speaking of who he had made her to be and the gift he had given her. But fear was my first reaction. And I worried about what her reaction would be to a word from God. And then time passed. And I told myself that it would be weird if I said it now. Fear stopped me from seeking the kingdom for my friend. And I worried more about her reaction than the need to bring the kingdom of God. And God's kingdom is wonderful. We looked at it, what it was like in the second week of the series. And it is life-giving, healing, comforting, restoring, powerful and beautiful. It changes lives. And God wants to bring his kingdom. He loves opportunities for his kingdom to break through. He wants to see it advance. He wants to see people turn to him and be set free. He loves to restore and heal people. He is ready and waiting to do miracles, perform signs and wonders and bring his kingdom. He just asks us that we seek it and get involved in bringing it here on earth. I don't know what God would have done if I had shared the word with my friend. I don't know what life, comfort or encouragement it would have given her. Maybe none, maybe potentially loads. But I know that fear made me miss that opportunity. 
Remember, Jesus knew we would face fears. He doesn't dismiss our fears, but he does tell us not to be afraid. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. Seek the kingdom. So what particular fear holds you back? What fear distorts your view of the kingdom and God? What fear stops you from seeking and bringing the kingdom? You might be afraid of failing, of getting it wrong, of sharing a word with someone and being completely off base, of not knowing what to say or do in the moment. And so you don't share what God is asking you to share. Or maybe your fear is that actually God won't show up, that he won't heal someone if you pray. And so you don't offer to pray. It could be fear of rejection. You might be so worried of what people will think of you that you hold back. You fear that your friends will mock you, your family member will get angry at you, or your colleague will think you're crazy. You fear, your fear actually might be a very practical need, that you will lose your job, get into danger or be persecuted. What is the fear that you face? What is the fear that is getting in your way of seeking the kingdom? For me, the fear of what people think of me and having to step out of my comfort zone can be enough to stop me in my tracks. It can stop me before I even ask God what he wants to do. It's far easier not to obey God if I haven't heard his plans or felt his nudge. But I recently moved home and I do know the nudge of God. I know that feeling in my stomach that tells me that God wants, probably wants to do something with my new neighbours and that he is probably ready to bring his kingdom. But I prefer to face my fears a little bit further from home, to have a little bit more distance between me and the situation in case it all goes wrong. And neighbours, they're, they're hard to avoid. They are next door. And in all honesty, often my heart is more set on my comfort, my home life rather than the kingdom of God. And so I avoid asking what God would like to do in the lives of my neighbours. This is a real fear for me, and I know that I can stay in this place, not facing my fear, but it will hold me back in my pursuit of God. And who knows what it might hold back in terms of God's kingdom coming in the, to the lives of my neighbours. I don't want to miss that. I don't want fear to block the flow of the Holy Spirit through me. That is not the life that I want. I want to see God's kingdom advance and I want to see his kingdom come. So I have to face my fear and I have to ask God what he wants to do in the situation. When we know the fear and how it is holding us back, we do have the option to overcome it. This isn't it. But it's not just going to happen. Fear, unfortunately, won't just disappear. We can't wait for the day where we'll wake up fearless as much as I would really like that day to come. But it probably won't. We'll probably be waiting forever for that day. And so how can we overcome our fears? Alongside God telling us many times in the Bible not to fear, he also tells us not to he tells us to be courageous. Courage pushes us to face fear and move forward, knowing that there is so much more. 
Nelson Mandela said it. He said, courage is not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. I asked a friend recently how she found the challenge. It was the challenge where it was to ask God if there was anything he wanted to say to someone and then to share it with them. She knew that for her, the level of fear depended on who God was asking her to talk to. So she decided to ask God for what he wanted to say to the person she would find most difficult to share a word from God with. That's courage. She saw where she was comfortable. She saw where the fear was. And she decided to face that fear, step into it and not away from it. So where does courage come from? Because courage isn't just willed into being. We have to have a reason to be courageous, a reason to do the thing that makes us scared. We can be courageous though because we know who we are in God. Because we know his kingdom is good and we want to see it come in the lives of others. It has been said before and it will be said again. Knowing that we are dearly loved sons and daughters of God is key to living out the naturally supernatural life. If we really know this and know that his love for us is not dependent on our performance, we will experience a sense of freedom. Fear won't have the same hold on us. This revelation has the power to make us courageous. In her book, Naturally Supernatural, Wendy Mann wrote about an experience she had. She'd spent the time with a friend in the town centre offering to pray for people for healing, but she hadn't seen the outcomes she had hoped for. And she was feeling disappointed. And she wrote this. Later the same day, I decided to go for a walk around my local park to work through some of the disappointment I was feeling. I was talking to God about what was going on in my heart I, as I walked past a lady with crutches who was about to sit on a bench. I felt so strongly that I could not just walk past her without at least offering to pray. So I approached her and asked what she had done. I told her I was a Christian and that I believed God loves to heal people. And I asked if she would like me to pray for her. She very politely told me that she was fine as she was. And so I thanked her for chatting and went on my way. As I turned to walk away from her, my mind was flooded with thoughts of how I had failed again. I had not seen any evidence of God's kingdom raking in the whole day, even though I had taken a number of risks. I got about five metres away from the lady and the thoughts of failure in my head were suddenly interrupted by a very loud applause. In my mind, I heard what sounded like crowds and crowds of people applauding and cheering and celebrating. This had never happened to me before, so I asked God what was going on. He told me that I was hearing what I was hearing was the applause of heaven for me, because once again, I had taken a risk for him. It was such an overwhelming moment as I encountered God's pleasure for me in a way I had never experienced before. I felt deeply connected to God as my father and freshly aware of his unconditional love for me as I made my way home. Unsurprisingly, I felt a new lightness at the thought of talking to people about Jesus and offering to pray for them on the streets. This was a significant turning point for me. Our society is performance driven. It's all about what you do and how well you do it. How valued, worthy or loved a person is can be determined by exam results, job status and reputation. We must be successful in absolutely everything we do, in our relationships, work and family. It's a constant race to try and to keep up. 
and trying not to let people down and trying not to fail. And just so that we will continue to be loved and accepted. It can feel unachievable and it is a tiring way to live life. But God's love isn't like that. God's love for you, for me, is not dependent on our performance, on what we do or what we don't do. God loved us before the world was created, before we had done anything or even had the chance to succeed or fail. He loved us while we were still sinners because we all fail. We all fall short of the glory of God. And in showing his incredible love for us, Jesus died for us. His love isn't dependent on our performance. We've been adopted into God's family. You are God's dearly loved son or daughter. And nothing you do or don't do will ever change that. God's love for us is not conditional. And his definition of success is not like ours. Heaven applauded Wendy not because she was successful in the world's eyes. She wasn't. Heaven applauded her because she heard God's prompting and obeyed. Because he loves it when she follows him. When we understand and really know these things, that we're God's sons and daughters, that God is the perfect father, and that his definition of success is not based on the outcome, but on us obeying him. The pressure's taken off us. The need to perform is lifted. We can be courageous, try things out, face the fears, because we don't have to be afraid of failing, because it's not going to change God's view of us. And heaven will applaud you because you followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to worry about what someone will think because God loves us regardless. And we don't have to worry or be fearful of negative outcomes because God always provides. Seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. All we're really asked to do is be courageous and seek the kingdom. And his kingdom is good and it is worth seeking. So what does that look like for you? What fear do you need to face? Where is God nudging you to get involved in advancing the kingdom, but you need a little courage? If that's you, go ask God for that courage. Are you ready to accept God's invitation of an adventure? To be bold and courageous and enter into the work of advancing the kingdom? Are you ready to hear heaven applaud when it doesn't go how you'd hoped? Are you ready to experience the beauty of seeing God's kingdom come? Because God invites you to partner with him. He has placed you in your school workplace, university, family, friendship group, in that shop, on that street, in that cafe, to be his vessel in sharing the good news of Jesus, praying for healing, bringing his words and his peace and his comfort to that place. Fear will come, but let's not let it stop us from being used by God, living dependent on him and seeing all that God has to give to us. Let's not experience God and the fullness of his kingdom through a small and blurry view. But let's face the fear. Let's ask God for that courage that we need and step into all that God has for us. 
Let's live out the naturally supernatural life and let's see God's kingdom come here in High Wycombe just as it is in heaven.